0: Michelle, we have a special guest. We have a legend. We certainly have a legend. I found out I found out about her in Ebony magazine years ago. But since since then, I've realized that I thought she was discovered by the uh Ebony Jet Fashion Fair thing. Yeah. But in her new book, which is called uh Walking with the Muses, I found out that Pat Cleveland was discovered by Carrie Donovan on no. uh, the subway platform pat cleveland is here with us right now she is a legendary model you know they they toss that phrase around a lot with just people uh pat cleveland is the legendary Let's not get model yes, yes. Yeah. amazing so many great stories in this book it's available right now now pat you were saying that you haven't done an Audio book yet?
1: Not as yet, but I love telling stories to children about fashion—the thing that gets me getting out of the house. And you have the stories too. It's have, ama- it's in your blood. I have it in my blood. It's in my DNA. My mom was a showgirl, and my auntie was a dancer with Catherine Dunn and my godmother was Marian Anderson. Really? And I have some stories that go back to Gertrude Stein's time. Mm. Oh my But I haven't God, written goodness. about those yet.
0: Now, next book, next book. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me this. Okay, so um, uh, you're on a subway platform, mm-hmm. dressed very fashionably. You're 14
1: years old? Yeah, I was just like, I missed the bus, and my girlfriend Frances and I had to take the Crosstown Shuttle, and I had on my houndstooth plaid miniskirt with the spats to match, and a little cap hat, and I had a long ponytail down to the bottom of my buttocks. Uh-huh. And, and so I walked across the uh, 42nd Street uh, Shuttle area yeah. towards... um, it's. Grand Central Station area and this lady was following me and she was really cute and my girlfriend said run run this lady's following you but when i looked around and i saw him I, her i stopped like dominoes you know everybody yeah. fell behind me and she was from vogue and she was this english young secretary of Carrie Donovan ah. and she Oh it was said, the secretary, secretary of oh, Amanda and she said i've been chasing you i'm so happy you stopped i love your clothes where did you get them i said oh i made them at home and she handed me that ticket and said you <laughs> Her card said Vogue, and everything stood still in that dirty, old, gray, terrible station, and everything (laughs) opened like the gods of heaven came down on me, and it was the golden ticket to paradise. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing.
0: And so um, um, you were on your way to meet a friend, but uh, uh, Carrie Donovan's assistant gave you the card.
1: And she said, come on up. I love your clothes. So I made my way up there. It was some time later, actually.
0: It was sometime later. So how much time passed before you actually went to the offices
1: of Vogue magazine? Well, I think from 15, what happened was uh, suddenly my mom said to me, she's a painter and an artist and we always make clothes at home. And she said, listen, this girl on the cover of Mademoiselle, which was Colleen Corbert, she looks as you know, you look better than she does. So she sent my pictures around to all the magazines and I got all these rejections. And then I get this wonderful letter. Dear Miss Cleveland, we would like you to come up and meet Mrs. Johnson of Ebony Publications. And it said they were casting for their fashion show, the Ebony Fashion Fair. And at 15, almost my birthday, 16, I went, I was 15 actually, I went up to the Waldorf Astoria. To meet the wonderful entrepreneur visionary Eunice Johnson of. Ebony Fashion Fair who created this tour and she collected all the beautiful clothes from all over the world and, and she went to the collections in France and black ladies couldn't go to the collections and they let her in and she was spending beaucoup, a lot of money mm-hmm. on those collections. She brought them back put them on us girls. I walked for her up there mm-hmm. that day and she said, Miss Cleveland, we love you. Can you come do our show? Well, wow, 15 years old, wow. I took my mother along as chaperone. And we got in that Greyhound bus with all those fabulous clothes from Europe, the couture, and uh, seven other models, and we toured America. And that's what happened in between. I did the Ebony Fashion Fair, and I learned how to walk to jazz. My first show was in New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, and it was on the top of tables. I had to walk on the top of these tables, and he pushed them together like it was a runway. Mm -hmm. And there was one spotlight, and I fell in love God was in the spotlight Uh uh-huh and I said ah I finally have a place where I feel comfortable and I can walk here and wear beautiful clothes and what more does a girl want and you've been moving (laughs) forward ever since on that runway of life Uh now okay so now let me
0: just get this straight okay so the Carrie Donovan's secretary or assistant gave you the card did you go up to Vogue after that uh, occurrence.
1: No, what happened right away is I got back into school and I went to this art school and I was well, why studying.
0: Why didn't you? What what kept what? you from saying, Oh, I'm going to go up here and, well, and check this out.
1: Well, what happened was they gave me a call. They gave me, they wrote about me in the magazine.
0: Vogue magazine. Yeah. They Did wrote the, 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 a little
1: write up about Miss Patricia Cleveland is a young uh, designer, and she, when I was 15 years old, and they did a thing in Vogue's own boutique first, then they called me back, they called me, they did a write-up about me, right away, when I was 15, before I did the Ebony Fashion Fair, but then they called me back, and they said, Miss Cleveland, can you come up and see Carrie Donovan, she's interested in your designs, so I went up there first as a designer, and I stayed up all night drawing, and I had these little sticky figures, and I was... So, like I was driving a speed car, trying to make clothes to wear and I made this like um, beautiful coat with a green lining and a maxi skirt and so I went up there with my portfolio to to see Carrie Donovan and while I was sitting there in that office and I had to meet her, there were two guys behind a screen and they were like gossiping and every time I looked around, I thought, who's back there? (laughs) And it was like this guy and his name was Manning Obergun and he was the fastest illustrator up at Vogue and he was like the pet of Diana Vreeland but to make the shir- story shorter Joel Schumacher was there with Manning Obergan, and they were whispering oh god we can use her, we can use Joel her Joel
0: Schumacher the a director? Film? Yeah
1: he was a uh, friend of Carrie Donovan's and he was sort of like helping editing things and picking things and finding people for Vogue's own boutique because that was the uh, column that was written by Carrie Donovan where she'd go out in the street and hunt for new kinds of talents that and the column and is called Vogue's boutique. Vogue's own boutique. Ah, uh, and so you're saying. And Manny who? Manning Obergon was an oh, illustrator. Oh, Manning. Manning Yeah, Manning Obregon was a an illustrator for Diana Vreeland. And when she when he would go with her, he would go with her to Europe to sketch the collections because at that time this fashion thing was not all out there like it is right, today. Right, It was very private and only ladies who were royals and ladies of society would go see the shows and it was very quiet, hush-hush, because nobody was giving their fashion secrets away on right. the internet. There was no internet. There was only royals and ladies of society And what year, shows. do you mind,
0: what year are we talking about? We're
1: talking about 1967,
0: 1968. Oh, and that's a great time for fashion. 1960, really. and yeah,
1: that was really a great
0: time. I mean, Especially with Maxis, Minis, everything. And,
1: and unisex.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so, mm-hmm. now, I'm just going to mm-hmm. backtrack. With uh-huh. Eunice Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, who was the owner of Ebony Magazine, they were very wealthy people. When she went to the collections to start uh, to, to start the whole Ebony Fashion Fair mm-hmm. uh, fashion show, she bought the clothes, or were they on loan?
1: No, 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 no. People didn't loan clothes in those days. I mean, except to the magazines who'd shred them up and take the bows off and destroy them. No, she respectfully paid everyone for everything. She bought clothes from the designers. She put them on pedestals. She made those designers. Yeah. She found Yves Saint Laurent. I mean, she got all of his things, Halston hats, you know, things people they were new designers. She bought everything Courrèges and Dior and everybody. She had the house of Chanel, she had everyone in that collection. All those collections from Europe, and I wonder whatever happened, what she Paco did Rabanne. with those. I
0: bet they're in storage somewhere.
1: Oh my God, they're all with the uh, Fashion Fair collection. They have a they ha- museum collection. Yeah, they have a collection. Is of there all a museum? The yeah, it's a traveling show. Actually, I think it goes to Atlanta and different places. And you know, you can sort of hashtag or Google it, and you can go actually see the bonds and the Cardans and all of these wonderful pieces that were in the show you Know even with pictures of the girls who did the shows, you know, and yeah. so it's history, It's just was our Bible. The Ebony magazine was the that's Bible. That's how of I found out
0: about uh-huh. uh, that's how I found out about you, and that's how <laughs> I found out about yeah. fashion shows. That's yeah. because I they would obviously run a story uh. in Ebony magazine about the fashion and all that stuff. Now, you are known for your trademark uh-huh. walk. At what <laughs> point did you? Did you discover that walk When did you find that walk Because it's almost like It's like for people who are listening It's like flo- It's, it's tippy toes But it's floating on air And it's very animated It's very illustrator When did you discover that?
1: I think you know I think I learned it from all the boys uh-huh. uh, I mean who are the best teachers The boys who know how to walk yeah. And I kind of had that Tickly sensation When I was around them And they were saying, Miss Cleveland Miss Cleveland you have to put this kind of bend in your hips uh-huh. and I thought they were teaching me sexy things because uh-huh. <laughs> we had that dance called the bump and yeah. you know and everybody would like stick their hip bones out and then Manning Obergon would over go over to Paris and see the shows and all the women sort of walked in that asymmetrical lean sure, yes. with the hip bones because hip bones are it yeah. you know so you had to stick your hip bones out you know and shake a little bit your ter- derriere but you mostly have to feel where your energy's coming from and we know where that is uh-huh. and so you move that around and you move it forward and you kind of like get connected to God and then before you know it you're like coming out of your shell and you're like a butterfly and you're like oh I feel so good <laughs> and the music's playing and you're saying oh oh I feel so good and you try to be like a little bit sophisticated not go too wild so you kind of get balanced and so it's a balancing act and it's a lot of spinning out of joy because when you like spinning and spinning in the chiffon is wrapping around you you don't even know you're on this earth anymore and the light is coming at you and you're just like a moth and you just to die remember that expression to die to die that's oh, it's, how it feels it
0: I, I I can feel it I can feel <laughs> I, it through your description but in in your journey as a model uh you know when did you, when did that happen I did mean, it didn't happen to the fashion they have I any fashion
1: fair oh absolutely it starts in the minute you when you hit puberty, you know how to walk, you just think, if I could only have the clothes to go with it so when they put the clothes on you, the hanger is complete, but you're not a hanger you're a human being and they just put those fabrics on you and the silks and those, those Pac-Rabon metal things hitting oh, yeah. your body of oh, plastic but, oh, yeah. but plastic. your daughter,
0: your daughter, um, is it Anna, Anna or Anna? Anna,
1: Anna, Anna. Anna. she, Anna.
0: Um, uh-huh. she, she inherited that <gasps> same theatrical uh, presentation yep. and She's and i see daughter, i see her on the sure. runway today and she knows how to sell a garment. You
2: can't not look at her either. You
0: she... can't. You you all. Oh, your eyes Ugh. always go to her. Tell me this. Did you did you
1: train her that
0: way? Did she learn that from watching you? I
1: think she learned it from being at home in her little plastic high heels at the age of two, terrorizing all the people on the mountaintop. We can't let our daughters come over here because your daughter's a bad influence. She makes them wear makeup and high heels at the age of You're two kidding. and three. You're kidding. Yes, we did. We threw all of those fashion clothes on those little babies, and so she would be trotting around the house and then showing off a little bit here and there and then you know we said well it's in your DNA and then she'd look in the back and see her derriere and she understood what that (laughs) meant (laughs) so I think she's got something going you know like a little faith in yourself helps because you can't let everybody tell you to be in the conveyor belt and be a robot and I just always say to her that's not you don't do it just be yourself honey don't forget where you came from no you're
0: that's great if But you also know that um, there is—it's a—it's 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 a blessing and a curse because when you when you do let your butterfly wings open, yeah. you know it it does alienate some people. What advice did you give her for facing? people who want to clip those wings
1: your time will come and they'll just fall aside like dead petals on a flower <laughs> you just keep walking girl and don't forget God loves you because you have something special and when they try to tell her you know ca- calm it down I say, you don't need to work with those people right. They I don't know what it's all about but and, huh,
0: if that, they... that's on the fa- that's in the runway but even as a, a young teenager before she became a model uh-huh. there must have been people saying oh no oh, you can't they're... do that or boys saying oh mm-hmm. she's she's intimidating Intimidating to me
1: well you know there's a lot of insecurity when you're young you have to find out where the tools are before you can use them right so you just find, put your she was so busy you know packing up her tools she from me i was giving her tools and so i didn't think she had that problem i think the problem was the expectations you know and when you have to get into the business side of things and everybody wants you to be totally serious and come out of your fantasy and and bite into something that's not your true nature nature, you know, it's a learning experience. We need to bite into many different parts of ourselves and own it and and be like that Kali and get our knives out and cut off the things that we don't believe in. Yeah. So that was the lesson for her as a teenager is to cut away all those things that are mundane and to n- respect them for what they are, but to keep climbing up and go to your highest point of, you know, creativity, whatever it is that's giving you that energy. You have to not Uh, You have to embrace it. Don't throw it away. Always embrace that light in you.
0: You're absolutely right. You know, and that's, it's easier intellectualized and easier said than done. But, you know, so many Mm. of us have played small, you know, because it's easier to, to navigate this life sometimes if you just... Keep your mouth shut and don't say anything, well, you know. And and obviously that's not been the case for you. Well, it's... at
1: home you do what you want. You paint your walls. You do what you want. You know, it's yeah. your it's your studio of life.
0: Right, because your 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 mother was <laughs> um, very bohemian.
1: Oh, definitely. And
0: your father too. Your father was so- a bohemian
1: saxophone artist. They met in Harlem. It was the jazz that made them fall in love. A man from Sweden and a a beautiful African American lady from Georgia. We're where in I mean, Georgia was she from? Uh, Cornelia, Georgia. Cor- it's, that's up uh, north. Oh it's, yeah, oh, it's up near, up near Rome, Georgia? Is it near I Rome? I don't know. It's in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. there's mountains and Indians, all kinds of Klu Klux Klan. Yeah, but-
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, a north- it's in the North Georgia mountains. Yeah, yeah. And it's
1: beautiful, you know, to see that energy come together. People really loving each other in the 50s when it was just forbidden. Yes, very You know, very the taboo. color, two sides of the rainbow never touched. But it all came out to that purple, bright and violet love, you know. And what brought
0: (laughs) your mother to, we're going to go to a break in a minute, Uh but what brought your mother to New York? Was it her art career? I
1: think her mother died and she had to go up and live with her sister but she always had that art in her because when she was a little girl she was always painting and drawing and she learned that from her mother who was also a very wonderful, entertaining woman. She would have all the circus come over to the house and stay there because in that time for black people to stay in a hotel it wasn't possible Mm -hmm. and all the black people who used to work in the traveling circus used to stay at my grandmother's house and they would make music and have booze they made liquor it was like a little hotel I so she kind of grew up with this story of her mom oh. and the Albano uh piano player oh I love <laughs> that's that. thats how the jazz came in and all the you know freedom you know
0: we're gonna go to a break we've got Pat Cleveland the legend I've I've known of Pat Cleveland I, I you know every all black folks had ebony magazine mm-hmm. and I'd heard the stories of how how she was discovered and I'd seen uh, her in uh, TV commercials and in magazines Mm -hmm. and it's all in the book. It's called Walking with the Muses. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more Pat Cleveland. Girl, you know, a lot of people look for extra money these days. Yes. And Lyft is the way you should go. You got a car, you want to make some extra money? Go to
2: Lyft and become a driver for Lyft. It's the future, honey. It's the big pink mustache. It's the ride-sharing app that lets you be your own boss. Pick your own hours. Earn up to $1,500 a week driving your own car. What's better than that? And you guys, we have a special offer for you. Sign up today at Lyft.com. That's L-Y-F-T.com slash Rue. And you'll get a $500 new driver bonus after you complete 100 rides within 30 days days. That's $500, Rue. That's a
0: brilliant deal. Go to Lyft and get your money child. Yes,
2: baby. Lyft.com slash RU. Wow.
0: We got all these great stories from Pat Cleveland. We're back with Pat Cleveland. The book is called Walking with Muses. Now, um, uh, I want to talk about the stories in the book and you've got tons of them, but um, I'm just interested in what advice you've given to your daughter as a model. She's one of the top models in the world. Today, uh-huh. uh, Anna, Anna Cleveland, Cleveland. And she took your last name. Is that for professional reasons? Yeah,
1: because our last name is Von Ravenstein, which is difficult to pronounce and spell and remember. So we took that name, Cleveland. I guess it's kind of a franchising by now. Sure. You yeah. know, it's just our family name that works, you know. Yeah, it does. Easy and, to and spell. You're <laughs>
0: such a trailblazer mm-hmm. in your own career. Mm-hmm. So, what was the number one piece of advice you gave your daughter? Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like overnight she, she was. Yeah held to the top was there was there a, a, a struggle period for her in absolutely. her career
1: absolutely you know you have to start right there at the earth' seed you have first first get it in your mind and then go knock on the doors and be your own person because if you don't get the strength of understanding the struggle of getting there you won't appreciate being there you know because the bottom can fall out from under you yeah. because it becomes the roots of who you are knowing the people you can and cannot be with and having the strength I I think it's just a learning experience for her having doors slammed in her face and people not you know expecting more from her at an early age you can only have the head of a hundred year old when you reach there
0: right you because know? it's been I think it's been uh, maybe for the past has it been five years that she's mm-hmm. been a household name like that
1: oh my goodness yeah I think she worked really hard I mean since she was 13 she's right. uh, you know How old her is she pers- now? Oh, she's 28 uh-huh. and she's, she's still a lady a yeah. yeah I mean she's not my age but she's uh, she's you know when she was 13 she had a spread in vogue you know like 13 pages and Mm -hmm. that really did a big. At 13 years old. Yeah. Who shot it? Um, Van Noot. Mm. Uh-huh, Ahavnius uh, shot it and so it was like a very big deal and you know she had been living in Italy and growing up in another culture and learning languages and things and she's very musical too you know she can play classical piano and everything she yeah. had a really good education and it was sort of then we came to America and it was like a big deal you know it was so because so, she's so odd looking she doesn't fit in one thing or the, she's not the girl next door or mm-hmm, anything mm-hmm. and so she had to really struggle with that you know and then all these things about numbers and who you know or who's your father right. or who you're you know it's like a lot to deal with these days for model
0: and you also have a son and do. what does he what is what is he in the fashion industry
1: well he's going to study design now he decided to dress the way he feels and he's six foot seven and he's a you are and kidding me he's a tall one like you Six foot seven, yeah. Wow. And he t- he's a yoga teacher and he's educated. He went to business school, but now he he decided, Yeah, he's good at painting and everything. He said, Give up all that business, do what you're supposed to do. You're an artist, live in that art, yeah. and be with people who really love you. You know, don't try to do something that's like, Oh, I have to do this, you right? Know? Right,
2: you're the perfect mom for that, yeah. You're the perfect mom because um, parents don't say that, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. amazing. Yeah, I no, care about that. Yeah,
0: stuff. Of course. No, pat cleveland the book is walking mm-hmm. with muses and you know i i can't uh stress enough to our listeners mm-hmm. the significance and the legend that uh, we I have with Lynn us honey. because you know we talk about it and the, the the phrase gets passed around a lot but you have sustained a career as a model for you know it's actually uh, we're talking we're talking 50, 50
2: years i could sit here and say you know how hard that 50. is but You know how hard. A
0: model for 50 years. And
2: still is. stunning as ever. Thank it's stunning you. and Beautiful. charming
0: and you I have, have the light around you. The stories in this book. You know years ago there I think there was a book there's a book about Yves Saint Laurent. Was It called mm. Fall from Grace. It was
1: Oh yeah, yeah, my friend. Yeah, she came over and we talked about everything. Is
0: that what prompted that an... you to write the, to get the record straight cuz you're all through that book and well, uh, the I... parties with um you know Antonio uh, and uh Carl uh, Lagerfeld Andy Andy Paul and, and Stand, Jerry Hall. And Stephen They're all there. Yeah. In that book. is that was that what prompted you to write well, your own? Well, I think
1: you know, you just like I had kept diaries since I was like 16 years old. And backstage, I always had instead of a cigarette in my mouth, I had a pin in my mouth, and everybody was because you were like, sewing. No, I was a, a writing pin. Oh, and, I see. <laughs> yeah. And I would be like sitting under the racks, like, peeking out, writing down everything who was peeing in the ashtray or drinking champagne. You know, yeah, I was like yeah. wow. all those details. But then finally, uh, I had to come to America to take my take care of my mom who had Alzheimer's and she's a painter but I had to sit around and I had some time and I went through my diaries and everybody said when are you going to write your book because I was always saying oh I'm going to write a book I'm going to write a book and everybody speeded past me like the rabbit and I said oh my god I'm as slow as a turtle Uh, and I said let me write something down before I forget it
0: yeah yeah. (laughs) you
1: know you want to make sure that you honor the people it's not a tell all book it's about the people who actually gave me a hand up and about the people I love and were in my life Life significantly, who changed my life. You know, people who gave me the chance to see out of the box and people who I admire really, you know, these yeah. people are now, they're icons. But at the time, we were all just like down in the earth trying to find the light, you know, yeah. we were like seed, seeds.
0: Now, in in, in writing <laughs> the book, um, which I'm sure took a lot of time, oh, it did. what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know before you started the book?
1: Oh, my God goodness, I learned that. You have to have courage and you have to have faith. But you, you knew that to...
0: already. You knew that. Well,
1: I knew it even more and I knew that there was something magical about thinking about people because I knew that if you think about a person, they'll show up in your life, like in the process of writing the book. the soon as I would think about a person, they would call me or I would see them. Out of nowhere, I would maybe not have seen them for 30 years and mm-hmm. then suddenly they would show up in my life and we'd spend time together partying and mm-hmm. joking. But then the scare thing during the writing of the book was that as soon as I saw them after that period and I'd write that chapter, they'd die. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I put <laughs> mm-hmm. the book away for a year and everybody kept saying, Oh, are you gonna write about me? And I said, No, definitely not Because right. <laughs> I was so <laughs> spooked out. It was like a writer's spooky horror story. Yeah. 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 And I learned something about believing that if you can want to do something, you can do it and just keep going 10 pages a day, 10 pages a day, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I have thousands of pages, which I'd like to turn into a TV series because there's stories about people, princesses and kings and ladies in the bag, bag ladies. And there's so many lovely kinds of levels of people to talk about who have dreams and do actually live what they think, you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what what did you write about that that fashion show in Versailles
1: what was it called <laughs> Oh the Versailles. Well, they titled, they entitled it the Battle of Versailles. Because, the Battle of Versailles. Because, you know, you have all of this duality and things. But really, it was just embracing the opportunity to be with people that you admire. The American designers loved the French designers, and the French designers were curious about who was this new breed trying to take over. <laughs> yeah. Because we were like, you know, Seventh Avenue was like a commercial thing. No one was considered couture. Couture. Couture? What is that? Couture in America. Wealthy women buying clothes. You know, and there were, of course, Halston and Oscar de la Renta and Bill Blass. And then there was Anne Klein and Stephen Burroughs. Two kinds of people that, you know, they thought, oh, this is so commercial. Anne Klein, a woman designer making sports clothes. And Stephen Burroughs, who is this crazy, bohemian, colorful person? Mm-hmm. They invited us over.
0: So they, So the French <laughs> designers invited the American designers uh-huh. over. And it was a big uh, 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 charity ball. Yes. With a was fashion it at the show. Palace
1: of Versailles? Versailles. Yeah, wow. talk about interior. Yeah. And who did yeah.
0: it? Who did it benefit? It was a, a charity for who? To, you know? It was
1: a charity to repair the roof that was leaking in this wonderful palace that was created by someone who created ballet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the hall of mirrors, the great hall of yes. mirrors. Everything was falling into decay. So then the Rothschilds and all that family and the wealthy ladies of France decided we have to do something to protect this historic building. So they called us up and said, oh, have some of these wonderful Americans come over and donate money. So everyone donated money, you know, to come to be at this party. And so you had, um, they asked us, and we went. And uh, as we got there, the battle proceeded, because the story was that Are the Americans really couture? Because France is the oldest couture in the world, you know? So the challenge was, can we be as good as them? And then, you know, then they sort of laughed and thought, well, now Halston put his foot down. He said, this is not going to happen. And uh, Oscar de la Renta, no, we are couture, we have the ladies. And so, you know, there was Princess Grace, and then there was Josephine Baker. And you know, these Americans were so profoundly important to France, that it was like okay coming home when Josephine Baker saw us and and Grace Kelly they were like oh god here are our people Uh (laughs) right so we went in and we danced and we paraded around oh tell me tell me what do you want to know and and
0: so it was Uh so it was like it was a ball where uh, uh, there was a fashion show and uh, Mm -hmm. would it be a French designer then an American designer then a French designer no no,
1: no 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 it wasn't evenly divided because we were on their turf and it was their way or the highway in that moment because of the fact that they had so much scenery and so many detailed things to do that the rehearsals took all day and there was no room for us. And that's where the argument came in, is why aren't we getting equal time to rehearse our shows? Because rehearsal is very important. Yeah. So, And then also we weren't prepared because the dimensions were not in centimeters. Oh. And the designer who had done our show, which was Joe Euler, who was this famous illustrator, he had set up this thing of the Eiffel Tower and it didn't fit the dimensions. And it looked like little tiny, you know, washcloth on the stage compared to the, <laughs> oh, some, uh, some, you know, uh, centimeters that we needed, and so everything was like crashed for us yeah. and what were we going to do we had one big star we had Liza Minnelli who had just won uh, the Academy Award for Cabaret and she was our star and we had Eloise in the Plaza you know that yes, story yes. and that's Kay, um, Thompson. Kay Thompson and we had her as our choreographer so before we went over The Hogue American cast, which was all the designers and all the um, uh, models, which we had more African-American models in our show than ever before, because those were the Seventh Avenue girls that they could get to do the show. Uh So this is like these little incidents where there's always a little problem creates the greatest... Jewel, oh boy, and the greatest jewel with these American, black, African American models who had the bouteille to carry to Paris, which uh-huh. was so exciting for the French. It was like re—it was like a rebirth of the 1920s. When yes, the girls wow. came over yeah. and yeah. did shuffle age. along, yes. and they were reliving some splendid time. When they saw us, it was like, oh my God! And they had Nureyev, and they had Miss Dangets, and these great show people coming together. But the Gratitude was like, all the artists were in love, but then the, the industry was like, okay, the fight of the industries, mm-hmm. that was the battle. Who was the best? And so we got there, and we only had our music, and our music was the charm. We had all the R&B. We had... Um, We had what is his name? Oh God, I have to think of all the names. We had the American music, yeah, which was. And this
0: is seventy-three.
1: Yeah, pre-disco. Right, pre-disco. We had Otis Redding. Right. We had had stylistics. We had um, what's his name? Oh, Al Green. Love, love. Um, Oh, I had Al Green. Uh huh. Yeah, and Marvin Gaye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we had uh, what's his name? He's the most famous.
0: Not James. Friend. Love.
1: He does love the song of love. Oh, oh, oh
0: no. We'll we'll come to it. We'll but now, it. so ultimately, d- did the Americans really win that? Oh, you battle? win,
1: honey. When you win with embraces and giving out good vibes and music and love and sexual. And you mentioned
0: all the uh, African American models were there. Is that what inspired Yves Saint Laurent to use? Oh. He had
1: one. He girl. had one he girl. He had one, and that was the big deal, is that Yves Saint Laurent had one African-American girl in his show, and that was the big deal in France. Right. And then we came over with uh, 15 of them. It was like, whoa! Yeah. But had you well. been
0: but you, had you been to France before? Oh, that? I was
1: actually living there and I had to go back to America to join up with the gang. Ah. So, it was like I was in the battle. I was between everybody. Yeah. I was like always being the ambassador of love. I love know? that.
0: Now, we're going to take a break and you mentioned uh mm-hmm. Josephine Baker. You yeah. have a tribute album yes. to Josephine Baker. When it's we come back it. from the break, we're going to talk to Pat Cleveland about mm-hmm. uh the album and, and her French experience it's such an amazing story also I want to ask you about um who would play you in the movie of your book walking with muses but we'll take a break you think about that and we'll be right back after this
2: Rue, let's talk about this Texture app. We've talked about it before. And I want people to know that they've gone beyond delivering just the magazines itself. They've made it easy to find and enjoy the articles that you want to read with daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more. And the reason I get excited is because nobody sits down and reads magazines anymore. No.
0: And you know, when I travel, I love to read magazines on the plane or in the uh, waiting room area of the airport. And now, because these are on my my app, my my, uh, tablet. Yeah. It's brilliant. I can see everything that I love. Every, they have every magazine too, by the way. Yes, Everything you can imagine is on the texture.com.
2: Just like you said, so many great ones out there. It's searchable, so you can mark what you like. You can check out back issues, which is a big, big deal. Yes, a big deal. And you can view bonus bonus video content. They even curate articles and magazines just for you. And they say, oh, look, you might like this or whoever you're giving the texture to this year. Texture's normally $9.99 a month, and you get over 200 magazines. But you know how we roll here. Okay. If you sign up right now, at texture.com slash rue you get a 14 day free trial we said free
0: Uh uh-huh it's brilliant you love magazines right yes go to texture.com backslash did I say backslash
2: yep Slash. Oh, a, slash. It's regular. Yeah, just slash. regular slash. Yes. Uh
0: go to texture.com, <laughs> rub bag uh, slash, uh, slash, slash roo <laughs> and get your 14-day
2: free trial. Why subscribe to just a couple of magazines when you can have all your favorites all the time on your smartphone, tablet for way less? Plus, you guys, Texture was selected as one of Apple's top 2016 iPad apps. So start your free trial now. Download the Texture app right now. Texture.com slash 14 days to try Texture for free. Check it out, y'all. Texture.com.
0: I'm on the cover of a magazine. Hello. We are back with uh, Pat Cleveland, new album called uh, uh, Tonight, Josephine. It's a single. Yeah. And it's a tribute to Josephine Baker. And you've always been compared
1: to her. You, Do you ever get to meet her? Well, actually, my great aunt was her Sunday school teacher. Oh. And, Wait a minute. Uh, let me get this right. Uh, Your great aunt. was is my grandmother's sister, was her Sunday, Josephine Baker's Sunday school teacher when she was living in. Uh, um, in France. Uh, no, far no, back... in, in America oh. as a child.
0: She's from St. Louis. Isn't <laughs> yeah, St. Louis.
1: Louis, and so my, my great-aunt lived in St. Louis, was Josephine Baker's Sunday school teacher, and taught Josephine Baker how to play the piano. And she was living so terribly in this, like, shanty town, which is so poor that for news they had newspapers, wallpaper. Wow. And she told Josephine Baker, you leave town and you go with that shuffle along.
0: I love it. And, you know, as far back as I can remember, you've been compared to Josephine Baker.
1: Oh, I feel she's family in a way. And, uh, <laughs> The mm-hmm. When did you first... uh, Well, when I was a little girl, my mom... Did you met her and
0: everything? Yeah.
1: Oh, when I was a little girl, I had some encounters uh, because my mom would always dress up like Josephine Baker and she knew Josephine Baker. My mom was friends with Josephine Baker. So it was always, she's the showgirl that went to Paris, you know, Mm -hmm. and then my auntie went to Paris and there there was all these showgirls, my auntie and Josephine. And so it was always, these are the showgirls who really did it because they would always be covered in bugle beads and what's shinier than a bugle beam. Wow. That made such an impression on me. And what do you do without a headdress that doesn't have feathered plumes? Yes. I mean, we live for feathered plumes. Come on. <laughs> and I had them. I always had feathered plume underwear. <laughs> what? Feathered plume
0: underwear?
1: Yeah. I mean, as a young lady. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was la la.
0: <laughs> and this, this single here, uh, which is called Tonight Josephine, is it available on yes. iTunes?
1: Yes, it is, actually. So you just go to Pat uh-huh.
0: Cleveland yeah. in iTunes and yeah. you can find yeah. the single? And, of course, the book is uh, Walking with the Muses. I thought years ago, I thought the book was going to be called Forever Walking Forward or something like that. Well, it was
1: going to be called Suffering for Beauty, but I don't want anybody to suffer no. or well, thank God for fashion. But then I thought walking is good because we all like to walk. Yes. <laughs> but and where did good. the title,
0: Forever Walking Forward, what am I thinking of? Where did I know that title from?
1: Oh, maybe something you did yourself. For, forever
0: Walking Forward? Was that a...
1: Forever ever walking forward maybe I thought
0: that, there was something thought. associated with your name with yeah. that title
1: oh maybe it's something I said that you need to always to walk forward I see you know because it's just a kind of energy moving forward and moving forward. sure like maybe facing the light yeah going to the light you yeah know, like growing like an orchid or a flower yeah.
0: now of course obviously yeah. in the book um do you hit upon all of the party storyline that <laughs> I always aside from being an iconic model I always associate you with that, that sort of Antonio, mm-hmm. Jerry Hall, Warhol, mm. Halston party scene. Were you a party girl?
1: Well, I think you always are a party girl when you're young. You want to get out. What, are you going to sit in a box and wait to die? <laughs> what is a dress for? You have to animate it. And if you're home sewing and you're putting those uh, uh, feathers all over the bottom of your mini skirt, actually, I did start getting out and partying at the Cheetah first. Because, in New York? Yeah, and that was some place where I used to sell my clothes with tiger moss. So you'd walk into the Cheetah and you see my clothes under those day glow lights. And I'd make like those plastic skirts with feathers on them, a feather on everything. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. I'd go in there and dance and party and meet people from Le Club. And that was like the Kennedy Bunch and the Supreme Bunch and, you know, and meet all of those people like Richard Harris and all of this. Yeah. And, uh, and, and all of those kind of like going to Le Club or the Cheetah or then later on it would be somewhere else. But always the nightlife for young people is how you get out and meet and dance yeah. and, and feel alive under the stars. Or be a star. I, I'm sure.
0: Now, I'm, I'm just wondering, as you're, you're mentioning this, I'm thinking about what it must be like to walk around New York City with you. And I wonder if, if the city, all these memories come rushing through your body. It must be so emotional.
1: Yeah, you don't see Trudy Hellers. You don't see the Fillmore East. You don't see Studio 54. You know, you're like in another century and there's new places like the Boom Room and different places where you go to sing. There's no more mud club or underground places that I used to go dance with all the boys with their shirts off Uh yeah. (laughs) and you know you just think oh there was a period where people were so afraid of everything but I think it's coming to life and I still feel like I'm part of it because sometimes I go out and perform and I'm thinking of underground 54 different places and you go see your friends like Holly which is not around anymore but you know you just stay with your friends and go out and experiment with new places yeah it's kind of scary when you go to Halston's house and he's not there anymore or the building that you saw live in the townhouse in 63rd has become an embassy or you know it's just like areas that didn't exist like the right. barry areas and, the, and every place where we used to go stand under the bridge and all the drags would be there like showing off you're not there yeah where are they yeah the color the roughness the rough diamonds are gone now you have to really pay for it right <laughs> right i must be so interesting
0: though to to be so familiar with a place and to not recognize it, but it's different. Yeah, it's. How do you reconcile that?
1: I think you just keep moving forward, you know? Like you have this train and a dress that's getting longer and longer, and you just keep pulling it along till you get to the end. That's what New York looks like. If I look back, my tail is so long.
2: (laughs) I have to get stronger and stronger
1: and keep pulling it along. All those memories.
0: Yeah. Do you pay Mm -hmm. attention to the girls on the runway today? Do you see what's happening and trends? Uh, That uh, in in behavior, you know, at one point, you know, obviously we had the supermodel explosion of the early 1990s.
1: Yeah, thanks Um, to the agents, but they kind of ruined it for everybody else, you know, because they just demanded so much and everybody had to be so demanding. They just kind of ruined it. Everybody wasn't so demanding when I started. But now the girls, you know, they have agents and it's numbers and it's like you have to, you know, it's going to be okay. For everybody in a different way, but I feel sorry for the girls who don't get a chance to really experience being with a designer because they, you know, I used to own a model agency for 20 years in Italy. Really? Yeah, Lanzotti in Cleveland, and I had Tyra Banks and Naomi, and I had a whole bunch of girls that were really beautiful and exotic and new Mm -hmm. to the industry, and, um... The wonderful thing that I had at that experience was teaching girls how to walk and do things and, you know, choreography and all that. But other than that, I find that... The girls that come out, they come out for a different reason. You know, it was wonderful to be a skinny girl and fashion would dress you up and make you feel sexy. But now there's wonderful things happen. There's all sizes. Mm. Yeah. And that's the wonderful thing that I love so much about fashion right now. Because, I, you know, when I see girls and they're different sizes, they come and talk to me and there's every size imaginable. You know, and it's wonderful because you couldn't get a size 12 shoe then or a size one. But now I say to them, yeah, it's possible.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: You right. know, and I'll see a girl. She's do you think I could be a large size model? I say, you look pretty good to me. So when I'm out <laughs> scouting, I see every size and it's like more colors of the rainbow. But I feel sorry for girls that don't get the chance to actually be with the designer because, you know, there's so many more jobs created, the sure. in-between jobs where yeah. they, where they, you know, select girls. And, well, you know, if you get to be in it, just you have to embrace it 100 percent, not just, oh, it's not important. It is important.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, because also the girls who are yeah. around today, the, the seems like the lifespan is much shorter. Yeah.
1: Well, darling, there were only ten of us. There were only ten of us before now there's a billion of us. <laughs> yeah. Right. What is that theory where it expands? Yes, you know? yeah. And we right. didn't have the social media. It was so private. If if you were in a show, it's because the designer found you mm-hmm. and picked you out of somewhere. You could have been walking down the street. That happens occasionally now, so mm-hmm. don't give up, girls. Right. Dress up and go out. But I'm just saying, yeah, okay. It's public. It's expanded more people have the opportunity p- to participate and that's okay it is what it is what are we gonna do you know put it in a jar and, Ooh, selfishly it's only for me no right. it's not about that everyone evolves and, and finds a place somewhere in the industry either you're making the clothes or selling them or fixing them or steaming them or doing something but it's all you get a touch of that magic like everything is so fast you know and changing and just like life Fashion is the most like life. It really is. It reflects.
0: It reflects our beauty and our movement, and even uh, what's happening in technology. It's reflected. It's reflected there. Are you still friends with some of the girls who you have been associated with for years, like Jerry Hall? When was the last time you talked to Jerry Hall? Oh my
1: God, I talked to her in my dreams.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Were you surprised that she married? um, I.
1: She did what she said she was going to do, which is get the diamond. Ah! (laughs) And I guess he must be a diamond. He must. He must be a diamond. He must be someone to love. It's yes, because, because she's, married love. To, she's
0: married to uh, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah,
1: and he's somebody who really worked hard. Yes. You know, and he deserves a beauty like her. Yes. she got the greatest hair. And I remember when I first met her, Antonio said, oh, you couldn't meet Jerry. And you two could be sisters because you have the same thing in your nose. Know, we both have this thing. Uh-huh. And she's part Cherokee like me. And uh-huh. we're like really girlfriends, you know, like she's fun. Yeah. Because I like her. I like her.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: and she's fun. I love her.
0: And and what about Alva Chin? When's the oh, last time you saw Alva I love Alva, because that
1: girl can tell you where it's at right away. She's another she's New Yorker, my- isn't she? Yeah, she's another New Yorker, and they always get us confused. They think I'm Alvin, and Alva's me. They say, oh, hi, Alvin. And I say, oh, thank you. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and she gets the same thing, because we look so much alike. Yeah,
0: there are similarities. Yeah. Now, people would know Alva Chin from the cover of of um, Sheik's album, Everybody Dance. Oh, right. She's one sure. of the models on sure. the cover of that.
1: Yeah, and she's my buddy, and I see her quite Quite often because I hang out with Stephen Burroughs a lot. Yeah. And he's the guy who sort of put us all together in those colorful clothes. Actually, sure. under here I have some Stephen really? Burroughs on. Yeah, Wow. <laughs>
2: and But you sh- still love clothes as much as you did then. Now. I
1: love clothes because I want to cover myself in chic. Yeah. I like yes. And I like the designers. I wear clothes, you know, that um, reflect.
2: Who are your favorites right now?
1: Oh, well, I like Zach. And I'm wearing um, a lovely thing from the Malboys right now. And I like and Burroughs. And I like Tom. And i like, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, but <the> Mal- <laughs> you're saying
0: the I thought the Malboys so- were, um, they were publicists. They yeah, were they're de-
1: publicists, but they represent a lot of designers, too. I and see. And so they, they have some beautiful clothes. And they dress the entertainers and the singers. And yeah. they put on beautiful. They dress everybody. No,
0: no. Well, Pat, in the book, you know, you run through the whole gamut of of your career and your life. Um, but how does someone you have a, such an, a beautiful outlook, and you are a tender heart, and it's obvious? How do you maintain that that outlook when you? I know you can feel everything. I know you're mm-hmm. a sensitive, sweet, sensitive soul. Mm-hmm. How do you keep that balance? How do you not succumb to? the darkness
1: oh my goodness i guess you're born with that you know like you're just born with some light in you and that song goes this little light of mine mm-hmm. i'm gonna let it shine oh well, yeah let it shine you let it shine. shine let it shine <laughs> <laughs> and also i i really watch nature a lot you know i love animals i have 22 peacocks at my house you're kidding
0: me they're <laughs> and, noisy aren't they
1: they're noisy they but they're always in my kitchen eating my dog food no way <laughs> but i say get out with that train What do you I, You live in upstate? In southern Jersey. And Uh, I enjoy the nature because it always makes me realize that I'm just so tiny and everything is so big.
0: Yes. Mm. Yes. It is the place Mm -hmm. where you can find that balance because Mm -hmm. it's unbothered by what's happening politically and what's happening (sighs) with trends.
2: I don't even watch the news.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You
2: can. It's so depressing.
1: Well, I have been through so much, you know, I've had particular agents that have... Changed yes, yes. In their life and changed. And I have a good agents and I've had things come towards me politically. It's not all in the book, but I've had a lot of experience with that side of the world because it's all one world and mm-hmm. we're all interwoven by the things we wear and the masks we wear and the personalities we have. But, you know, I just try to stick to uh, what this I was taught is, you know, never forget, keep God in your plans and be a good girl.
0: Yeah. Well, well, that that will do it. You know, it's just that you know, um, you know, it's not easy to keep that outlook.
1: Well, it depends on where you go. I mean, if you see things where people are really suffering poverty of mine or poverty of um you see there's a lot of poverty in the world.
0: Well, because you know, it's it's I mean when you talk it's about sadness. that that time, that glorious time in fashion mm-hmm. in the seventies and mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the parties and studio fifty four, there's are some horror stories that that came out of that. How did you avoid not succumbing to to the party?
1: Well, don't be so desperate that you don't go home and get your beauty sleep. (laughs) That (laughs) That person will be there tomorrow if they're still alive. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But you know, most of those people, a lot of people didn't. You know, you think about Gia and you think about... um,
1: Well, you know, maybe where was her mom? Mm. You know, you always have to hear your mom's voice in the back of your head or anybody who's been there, done that and can warn you that maybe you're going a little too far, you know, like topple over. Even the leaning tower of pizza knows how to stay straight. So knows <laughs> there's gravity down there. What do you? I mean, it's just dangerous. You know, drugs are kind of to blame for it, you know. A free sexuality. It wasn't a it wasn't a disease. That was just nature. Yeah. Freedom of, you know, it came to a point where everybody was afraid to touch each other. That's yeah. when we were all wearing black and big shoulder pads. Stay away from me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that was like, you know, the war of disease. Disease is fear. And the fear, we had no fear in the 70s and the 60s. We were all love. Yeah, Love the one you're with was the title song. Yeah, Love the
0: one you're with. Right, well, and of course, the singer you were talking about before is Barry White yeah, for that Barry song Yeah, we Barry White, about.
1: Love Unlimited. I mean, it's sexy like that. You know, you put that on, and the room disappears and everybody's in love. And, you know, recreational drugs were not taken to the, to the heavy, heavy, desperate... Need, You know, when you get into a situation where you need it so much, you better drop it. Yeah. Like they say, drop it like it's hot. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you better drop it and get back to reality because reality means that you, your true self is a beautiful, illuminated human being that's allowed to express yourself, but you can't destroy yourself yeah. for anything. And, you know, if you need to express yourself in a way, try to keep your health in the best way you can and check everybody out.
0: Yes. Health is wealth. We've got Pat Cleveland. The book is called Walking with the Muses. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more Pat Cleveland. Are you in need of a little extra cash? Who isn't? Everybody wants a little extra cash. My suggestion, go to Lyft.com and become a driver for Lyft. You got a car already. Why not do
2: it? Exactly. And unlike other rideshare apps, Lyft has a tip button in the app. So users actually can tip with Lyft drivers to keep 100% of the tips, by the way. With Lyft, you don't have to wait for paychecks. With Express Pay, once you have over $35 in your account, you can cash out at any time. You keep 100% of the tips and they add up fast. So drivers have been paid over $200 million since the feature was first introduced, Rue.
0: Yes, it, it's a brilliant app. And listen, and Lyft has taken the guesswork yes. out of the pickups. The new app device uses color coding to help passengers find their drivers. It is so lovely.
2: And so easy. And we have a special offer for you. At least they do there at Lyft. Sign up today at lyft.com Rue. That's lyf dot R-U. And you'll get a $500 bonus. It's a new driver bonus after you complete 100 rides within 30 days 500 bucks so wow go right now to liftcom ru and start earning your money honey oh we are back with pat Cleveland. She's telling all the
0: stories they're all here such a beautiful woman The the life here there's just so much to be learned and it's it's and
2: history, darling, and
0: history. Yeah. When's the last time you saw Carl Lagerfeld You oh guys, you know him as a—he was a very young man when you knew oh, him.
1: Muscular too. Really? <laughs> Divine. He was so lovely. Oh my God! When we got over to Europe, and my gang was the American gang. There was Antonio Lopez, Donna Jordan Corey Tip, Carl Lagerfeld and myself, and we were the gang that inspired everybody to love pop art because they knew we knew Andy, and yeah. so Carl Lagerfeld was like this this newbie over there. And then he loved Antonio, who was this Puerto Rican illustrator who was like such a free spirit and so talented. And he brought all of these kind of odd-looking rainbow Americans over. And Carl embraced us and he took care of us and he dressed us with diamonds to go to the beach. And we'd rub that band to soleil all over his muscles and get (laughs) on the boat on the reef and almost slide off. (laughs) And we'd get over to those places and he started Deans and the half-nude beaches, and and then dress up on the nude beaches, and nude on the dress beaches. We were just something to look at in the South of France. What was the now? Wow. now
0: obviously, you're known for your runway stroll, which is mm-hmm. is so famous. Yeah. Where was what's the most the most the oddest runway you've ever walked? What was the obviously you talked about the the tables being put together for the oh. uh, uh, Ebony Fashion Fair. What is the oddest most difficult runway you've ever maneuvered.
1: I think when I went to do the uh, 84, 82 Olympics in Spain, in Barcelona, and I had to represent the city of Barcelona, and I was dressed like the madame and had a bustle and an umbrella, and and I had to wait in line with all those athletes in those tunnels, which were like labyrinths in the back, watching them, thinking to myself, what am I doing here? I don't even exercise. (laughs) And then I get up in the middle, and there's a spotlight, and at my feet are every athlete. Athlete to Magic Johnson, everybody was at my feet down there at the bottom of the stage. And I was looking down and looking around, and the whole stadium was lit. And suddenly, boom, there I was in the spotlight by myself on that stage. And the Cuban dictator was there, and the prince, and everybody. And I was all, in my head, I said, God, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I walked out very slowly, so slow you would think I was on rollers. And I got into the center of the stage, and boom. On the other side of the stadium, I saw a flame, and you know who that was? Mm. The flame runner coming with the torch right to my (gasps) direction. And he came up on the stage and he stood next to me, right where you are with that flame. And I said, Oh my God, did I die? (laughs) And And they took it, and they took the bow and arrow and they lit the flame and they lit the Olympic flame. And I was standing right in the middle of the stage, and I thought, Oh. This is not real. (laughs) But it wasn't the most difficult, but the most astonishing in my book. Wow. Which I have another book. Yes, yes.
0: Now, let's talk about Yves Saint Laurent for a minute. When you When I say that name, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, he's your
1: body type. (laughs) Oh, really? Was he as tall as I am? Yes, he was tall. Not as tall as you are. A little bit not so tall. Mm -hmm. But tall and slim and beautiful and just a lovely being that you know you just wanted to be in the quietness with him he was a very mm-hmm. quiet soul mm-hmm. and he didn't speak a lot but i remember one time i had just come back from mexico and i was like oh hippie out i had a poncho on and my hair was like super frizz uh-huh. and then you know, i had escaped from the the whole couture scene for a while you know how you go batty and i'll just yeah. go off and be really nature-loving yeah so i was walking past the window i think it was a boulevard saint germain where Everybody had their apartments in the time. And Fernando Sanchez was his friend, and he used to do all the lingerie. And then, okay, I'm walking into this balcony, and I hear somebody call out, Pat, what are you doing? And it was Issa Laurent calling me in a loud voice, and Fernando Sanchez, they said, what are you doing in that poncho? Get up here quickly. <laughs> And they got me up to the apartment so you can just sit down here and have these cucumber sandwiches. And Eve said, this will not do. You have to come to the Atelier tomorrow. I have to dress you. (laughs) I knew he was he loved me he t- he was taking care of me he didn't want me to get too frizzy oh my
0: and of course they would give you lots of clothes what what in do those you do days, yeah. what do you do with uh, did you keep them all in storage somewhere what did you no, do with all? No. what that happened
1: stuff? was you know i used to travel with trunks of clothes when i first was traveling back and forth and carl would give me scaparelli beaded antique jackets oh and then he and then he would give me all of these beautiful oh. printed silk things with these tiffany prints and things and then I had these and then I was suddenly go off and like have a love affair and with somebody from South America who's sexy and, and I'd say, Oh, you can leave the trunks in that apartment. Uh, and so when I'd come back the trunks would be gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where did they go? Right. And then I'd find my jacket somewhere and somebody an impersonator in uh Germany, like this one jacket that I had that Liza Minnelli that was made on me for Liza, and I had that one jacket, and this heroin addict was staying in my apartment while I had the house sitter there. And he said, "Oh, I'm your boyfriend. I'm gonna." And they said, "Oh, he's your boyfriend. Okay, he can stay in the apartment." When I came back, it was empty. Well, anyway, that jacket oh was God. on the that guy over there. And he knew it was my jacket. And he came and he said, don't take this jacket from me. I said, where did you get that jacket? He said, in a secondhand store on 2nd Avenue. Oh, my goodness. And I goodness. said, I'm not going to take that jacket from you. You did that job good. Oh, And I wanted goodness. him to have that jacket. I was not taking that jacket back. If a jacket makes your life come to life, you deserve that yes. jacket. I had my moment in it. But at least I know it went to a good place. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that came down. And yeah. all the other clothes and you know, all the
0: other clothes now in the book um are there stories in this book that you are still
1: a little bit embarrassed about i don't think so because you have to be honest but you know i don't ta- tear people down or tell bad things about people and there's a lot of stories i couldn't put into the book because maybe somebody might kill me like oh, political people you're kidding but, right no I, I don't want to talk about oh that. But, lord anyway uh, so many stories (laughs) but i think that you know when you're writing a book It's not a tell-all. You know, you just don't don't need to tell everything. Mm -hmm. Life is not toilet paper. Mm -hmm. It's satin and silk (laughs) and chiffon. Is the point (laughs) to
0: inspire, or is it the point to get your story told?
1: No, I think the point is to inspire anybody who wants to write anything. You don't have to only do one thing in your life. I've always challenged myself to do different things in the arts. You know, sometimes we see well. Sometimes we feel good we dance we talk we we get inspired by colors and voices and people's lives become stories so my life became a story that i wanted to tell because so many people asked me for that yeah that's yeah. why i did it
0: and you, you, there's a famous story of, of you uh, leaving America and not wanting to come back here until there was an African-American model on the cover of Vogue magazine.
1: Yeah, I just got very upset. I wanted to see that. You know, I had seen Danielle Luna was mm-hmm. my goddess. She was tall like you. Mm. And I had lived with her and I knew her and I knew she had to go away because no one understood her. And then I saw someone like Naomi's Naomi. Sims, Sims, yeah. And she was a goddess. And I thought, why don't these girls have more opportunities? And why don't I have a cover? And I was shot for the cover so many times, but then Zoom, it would be taken away. And I thought, I'm American. This is a cover. This is... And it was like, oh, we we don't know what to do with you, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I thought, I get really, you don't know what to do with me. I get really mad. And then I got to your, oh, forget them. Yeah, you know, I'm doing Italian Vogue. I'm doing things that where they can appreciate something different. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I'm not going back over there until they have a girl of color, you know, on the on the cover. And then it was so lucky that one girl came along in the right time. And they said, okay, we're gonna have this girl. And she got her cover and I thought oh this is wonderful I'm so happy yeah I was, was happy for this person
0: Beverly Johnson Yeah, and
1: I was so happy for her and I said that's great yeah you know generally speaking when you th- you know
0: models they come and go you've been able to sustain a career for over 50 years what um what happens to models what where do they go where do models <laughs> where go? Do
1: they go yeah Oh, they fall in love, and then they have families, and then they develop other parts of their character. You know, they search for things in nature, or they, they travel a little bit. or they.
0: And get... Grace Jones was part of your crowd, too. Yeah,
1: yeah Grace Jones, actually. <laughs> she asked me to sing with her in the beginning, but I had a booking, and she brought me over to the studio, and she said, Pat, Pat, you have to sing, because I remember she used to be in Paris and sing at the radio all the time. I said, Grace, you could be singing on record you have a great voice she said well if you do it with me I said I can't have a job already and people didn't understand her because the first time I met her she was such a party girl and she was sitting at this booking like oh I'm so exhausted and she was like fell asleep on my shoulder I said oh wake up wake up the guy's gonna come and see you you have to be awake at the thing here and uh, so she kind of took me on as a friend it was a go see for a booking so she thought oh yeah this is a friend You know, so we became friends and then when I got to Paris. She was there. So we used to hang out at the club set. That's the underground club set for fashion club people. Club set? <gasps> yeah, club set. set. It's in my book. And it's all about everybody in fashion getting together at night. Eve and Carl and Antonio and Grace and everybody. And we'd go down and listen to music together and dance. Liberace would be there. And I'd dance in the bar and give him the candelabra. Oh, and my it, God, You see. know, we had dancing going on deep down in the depths of Paris. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and Grace was there, and then she met I. I remember Jean Paul Good said, "Oh Pat, I want you to sing." I said, "That's not my career, but I know this girl named Grace Jones. You gotta meet her." And he found her, and You're he met kidding. her. Yeah, I I kind of turned him on to her. He didn't know her, and then she wanted me always to sing with her. And then I remember sometimes we get together and jam, and then we pull up to my uh-huh. and that was kind of a song we invented together in the back seat of a car because we were under the bridge in the west. Side. Side and Mer- and Hemingway had her car and one of the Hemingway girls and she was like a hot society girl and me and Grace and Hemingway, we were all in the back of the car trying to make up the song for Grace.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: but anyway, she's my friend and I love her. Wherever she is, I don't get to see her often. You know how those things go. People get their career and then you don't get to see each other much.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, do you think... you? Your daughter's having the same experience
1: now with the party. Do you think she's the party girl? Well, she doesn't. Right now, she's on a mountaintop with a llama. And she just bought a piece of product. In Peru? No, with a llama, llama ganchin. She's on the mountaintop. Uh, chanting in North Italy There's Lago Maggiore wow. There's a, uh, she went back to the monastery <laughs> because you know when you're in fashion everybody's changing you so much you don't know who you are anymore so you have to go somewhere and meditate and she just bought a piece of property in uh, near Tulum mm-hmm. which she's going to open a meditation and healing center oh, with well, a friend amazing. of hers who's a sharman uh-huh. he's a very beautiful young model so
0: is that, does that mean she has uh, uh, an exit strategy from the business
1: I think so she She's very creative she likes to make clothes and make things and you know they're very creative and her boyfriend makes beautiful jewelry so we're gonna go down there in two weeks and it's I so know. funny yeah. i, I yeah. remember
0: the first time yeah. i saw uh yeah. anna yeah. cleveland and i knew immediately who it was you can't you not it, she it. looks so much <laughs> like her mother does she, yeah. mother, Did she always she's...
1: look like you i guess but i don't see it you, you don't know, see I, it. Well, I don't see it I just, it's the
0: face proportions yes, the proportions yeah. Yeah, yeah are the same I see.
1: well I just feel she's my daughter you know and we when we embrace we're like one person it's like yeah. two snakes in love we're just so tight with each other uh, And she calls me every day and she talks to me all the time and wherever she is in the world and even before she goes on stage she says mom I'm going on stage with uh, Sos and you know I feel like I'm with her all the time so I'm almost living vicariously through. Yeah. she just got the cover of German Vogue and oh like, wow and somebody came over to me, and they said, Oh, Pat, I love your cover. He said, it's not me, it's my daughter. You know?
2: I
0: love, well, the legacy continues, yeah. and what a legacy it is. Pat Cleveland, you have given us so much joy and reminded us what's important about life which is the beauty and the the beautiful flowers you are a beautiful flower the book is called walking with the muses it's available now
2: i can listen to these stories forever. it's brilliant yeah,
0: it's it's a, it is it's a tv series it's a, it's yeah. it's a movie it's hope everything so. i, I love so. it so much and yeah. i've enjoyed you here today uh, thank you so much thanks
1: for taking the time
0: and there's also the single, which is a tribute to Josephine Baker <laughs> yeah. called Tonight, Josephine, where yeah. Pat Cleveland sings. It's on iTunes. It's available yeah. now. Thank We're you. so excited to have you here.
1: Oh, I appreciate you guys doing what you do because it inspires everybody to feel better, look better, and to play a little bit. Oh, that's that's like very
0: important. Heavy. Thank you. And thank you, Michelle. Yes, that
2: was so amazingly interesting. Like I was just sitting there soaking it all in.
0: Soaking it all in the story that the legacy continues. Yeah. yeah. All right, girl, until next time. You got it, baby. Bye. Bye. Can I get an
2: amen?
0: Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Love yourself How in the hell are you gonna love Somebody else Amen